The following podcast contains coarse language and subject matter that people might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. We are the weirdos. We are the ones who see things that are not there. We experience things that others don't. We get goosebumps when walking into a room. We see things out of the corners of our eyes. For some reason, the universe has chosen us to be sensitive. Or maybe just more aware. It's been ridiculed for years. It's against religion. It defies God. And you'll go straight to hell. It's not normal and it's strange and it's dark. But for those that have been made fun of and swept under the rug and called crazy, we hear you. We are your lifeline. There are others out there. No more hiding in the shadows. The shadows are what unites us. We will continue to celebrate the unknown, have terror readings, talk about UFO encounters, keep dream journals, see auras, believe in cultural folklore, have our fortunes told, and investigate the paranormal. You see, for us, this is normal. So don't be afraid. Come join us. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. The world has had an interesting time navigating through this global pandemic. Being isolated and at home allowed this podcast to be born, although a lot of our interviews were done remotely and over the phone. So naturally, it got me dreaming about traveling again. We've always explored North America hauntings, the old man lingering in the doorway, waking up in a pool of blood, you know, the usual. But the world has more to offer. In the Philippines, It's not only the ghosts that haunt you. The folklore can be much more frightening. Both my parents are from the Philippines and, and, um, you know, they, they grew up in different parts of the Philippines. But regardless, it's funny how they both have the same perspective of the folklore that goes on in the Philippines. My name is Bianca Yuzan Henares. I'm a musician and co-founder of holistic art studio Grounded. I was born and raised in the Philippines, south side of Metro Manila and Montanlupa City. I was born in the Philippines and immigrated here when I was 23. So, you know, I grew up there and everyone's used to talk of supernatural happenings. Like even on Halloween, the 6 o'clock news had hour-long specials about supernatural happenings. The news. 
I never thought that was weird until I came here, actually. On certain days like Halloween, All Souls Day or Good Friday during Holy Week, we are told to be extra careful because spirits are lurking about and the veil between worlds is thinnest. It's also common knowledge that schools and universities are haunted by ghosts of students that have passed on. Such as one girl that died in a freak accident at a school fair who still roams the grounds clutching her decapitated head. And because the Philippines was colonized by Spain, a Catholic country, our mythology consists of creatures that originated from natives but sometimes have a religious connection or twist to them. See, the Philippines has been colonized by Spain for 333 years, held by American rule for 48 years, and was under Japanese occupation for three. All the while strongly influenced by Christianity, Chinese, and Malay culture through trade. And just as surviving and living a certain way has taught us the values of strength, strong family ties, creativity, community, and perseverance, we are a people that are no strangers to pain, suffering, and sacrifice. In many ways, Though we celebrate our independence every 12th of June, we are still fighting for our freedom. And the ghosts of all those past and current wars fought linger on as reminders of what was once lost and what is at stake. In general, the Philippines is a very religious country. Um, <clears throat> it's very historic. So, you know, when it comes to things like this, uh, People would generally just pray or, you know, go to church or speak to a priest or call some kind of, you know, witch doctor or medium or, or something like that to, to kind of handle the situation. You can grow up in completely different parts of a country, but you all have the same stories and urban myths. And, you know, so that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of the origin of these stories, especially out there and it's always a little creepier in foreign countries. <laughs> the older I got, talking about the supernatural with friends, family, and new acquaintances became a regular occurrence. It seemed like every place we went that had some kind of history still kept a piece of that history lurking about. So you know, it was never really questioned. Like, whenever I'd hear these stories, I don't think I was ever like, um, there's absolutely no way that happened. I just kind of accepted it and believed it. Everyone did. And while these things would freak me out, a part of me also understood that it was part of the territory of the land we occupied and the energy surrounding it. Filipinos are big on superstitions and supernatural happenings. And we have a lot of mythical creatures, and different ones depending on what region or province you're from. Here are some of the tales and folklore I grew up with. And most of these stories and creatures are pretty much common knowledge in any Pinoy or Filipino household. A couple of them are duende, which is, um, I believe, something like fairies. Duende, which are like dwarves or elves that live in grassy areas in like the province. When you walk by them, you you, ha you kind of have to ask permission to even walk by. So if you go out to a rural area, you're supposed to say tabi tabi po, which pretty much means excuse me, because if you accidentally step on one of them, you, they might put a curse on you. 
My mom said when I was a baby and they brought me home, the house was still being built. I would cry incessantly, and the construction workers tipped her off by saying they would see duende, or little dwarves trying to play with me in my crib. But I clearly did not want to play. My parents had the place blessed, and after that, I seemed more at peace and less rattled. A swang, which are... Uh, they're kind of like witches. A swang is an umbrella term for monsters or shape-shifting creatures in Philippine folklore. What happens is they have, they appear to be an entire body, but they're able to separate half of their body, their upper torso. And then they, they fly into the air and, and the story goes that they might attack you. And, and which sounds a little, a little crazy, but again, when you hear people from different areas tell the same kind of stories that's how you know it's kind of like how folklore you know comes to life and then there's chanak which is absolutely terrifying to me it's a demon that takes form as an innocent crying baby and lures people so when the person picks it up surprise the baby's super ugly and super scary chanak are somewhat demonic looking creatures that are often disguised as normal babies at first but their true form is a more grotesque. Chanaks are said to be the souls of babies who died before being baptized, or the souls of babies who were aborted, who have come back to take revenge on their mothers. Next up, we have the Tikbalang. A Tikbalang is a half-human, half-horse creature. They are often described to be like reverse centaurs. Tikbalang are known to be able to shape-shift into relatives, or other close acquaintances of any traveler that they come across in the wild. They then deceive their victims to going deeper into the woods or to a place far away where no one can come to their aid. In provinces such as Rizal, they have a better reputation, known as guardians of the forest, responsible for making trees and plants grow, helping the plant kingdom thrive. There is also an expression that goes, May kinasal na tikbalang, whenever it rains, but the sun is still out at the same time. This means there are tikbalangs getting married. Another variation of the aswang is the mananangal. Mananangal, which is my favorite for some reason. Um, the name is derived from the Tagalog word tangal, which means to remove or to separate. So basically during the day, she's a normal woman, but during the night, her upper body separates from her lower body and she grows these black bat wings and flies around looking for pregnant women. She's said to have a very long tube-like tongue that slides into windows, finds the pregnant woman's belly button, and sucks the fetus out of the womb. It's pretty effed up, right? I remember someone telling me before that their tongues can even be as thin as thread and almost as transparent, so you wouldn't even notice them dangling from the ceiling. To be rid of a mananangal, Pour whatever spices and vinegars you have on their bodies, as they are apparently allergic to these savory kinds of sauces and spice. There's another one called capre, which is like the closest thing I can I can compare it to that people would recognize is kind of like a Bigfoot type of creature. Capre who is this big, dark, hairy dude who hangs out in big trees with a cigar. You can see them in the dark smoking a cigar. 
this one is kind of interesting because for the most part they're har- they're harmless but they just sit in a tree and it's it's just scary because it's a giant sasquatch looking creature he always just seemed like a cool dude to me just hanging out smoking a blunt or something they say if you get stuck somewhere walking around in circles it's because he's playing with you and you're supposed to take off your shirt and wear it inside out yeah it makes absolutely no sense they're just kind of looming over and you know i'm sure you don't want to mess with a creature like that. <laughs> Duende, Aswang, Capre, Chanak, Mananangal, and Tikbalang are only a few of the many folklore that exist in the Philippines. And as explained, these creatures change from region to region. What piqued my interest is when Richie told me he had a couple of stories from both his parents who had experiences with these folklore creatures. And they're terrifying. My parents would tell me of stories of what their what their friends or family would have seen and they talk about it as if it's it's kind of a casual thing. You know, I was born in in a Western country, so so for for my parents to come here and tell me stories like that and just you know, tell it in a way where it's like they're not trying to impress me. They don't care if I believe it or not. It's it's for them it's it's kind of part of their reality. That's the thing that really interests me and intrigues me as far as this supernatural going on over there, you know. Uh so the way I remember and the way she remembers um the story, my mom, is that they were walking through kind of a forest looking area you're just walking in and, and she described it as kind of maybe like ankle height water or like ankle deep you know you can see the bottom of it like you can see the stones and and you know they're just walking hanging out you're young and it's the philippines so it's kind of you know a lot of it is is um not fully developed Um, and they were hanging out in a group and they were walking in this water and they noticed one of their friends was kind of straggling behind and they didn't pay much attention to it but they kept walking and then she told me that she heard them struggling way behind them like like their friend was having a hard time and and you know, fighting something maybe, making noise. And so they obviously stopped and turned around and went back. And from the distance, she said she saw them kind of falling into the water. Almost like, you know, like you're drowning, like you're sinking. And I guess they were so confused because, like I said, the water was so shallow. Um, You know, so they kind of ran over and... The way she describes it is they were far enough that they couldn't get to her in time and they're not sure where she where she went she was gone and i asked her well then what happened did you find her (laughs) and she's like no we we don't know what happened she's gone you know if you're wondering how it relates to the paranormal it's just kind of you know, in those areas, like I said, there's there's things like the duende and there's things like, you know, these these 
these stories where they will, you know, consume you or possess you or take you um, if they want to, if you don't ask permission to be in their home or be in their area. And to this day, she she doesn't know where her friend went. And it's kind of, I know it's kind of casually talking about it, someone disappearing, but even she's, she acknowledges that, you know. It gets a little deep, you know, sometimes it's something in your heart or the type of person you are. And these these creatures or these entities can kind of sense that about you. And they take it upon themselves to make you pay the price. Um, so my dad has another interesting story um, of when he was young in the Philippines. Richie's dad recorded his story on his phone and sent it to us, right from Manila, where he lives, to give us his account of what he experienced. I'll tell you a story about uh, folklore, you know, ghost stories, fairy tales, you know, that uh, when I was little, I mean, I don't really believe in those, but uh, there's such one incident uh, when I was a young lad, uh, happened uh, when I was uh, going to my, in my university days. This happened when I was, in the university, taking up agriculture, part of our practicum uh, is uh, going out on the field, uh, learning all the uh, the soils. And this happened while we were out on the field. Uh, my uh, one of my classmates was uh, sitting on the side, you know, uh, talking to someone. And there was definitely, you know, a kid that was kind of, you know, a little off in his class. And he, you know, he was just a little different. Um, But over time, they they noticed he was a little, he was a little more strange than usual. Um, He was, they would look over at him in class and he would be kind of talking to himself. Then we were kind of like, you know, feeling kind of weird. Because we thought he was just talking to himself. So we just kind of let it go by and figured this guy's a weirdo, you know. The next time we went to the field again, we saw one of our, the same classmate uh, talking, you know, chatting away, you know, but there's nobody there. You know, so we came, we approached him and he said, hey, who are you talking to, man? I mean, and then he said, hey, you know, hey, can't you see him? I said, uh, see who, you know? He just said, oh, there's a little guy, you know, here, in our folklore, we call them duende, which is like uh, a leprechaun, you know. 
So in a way, we just kind of scratch our heads and, you know, started laughing and uh, we just left him and uh, still thinking, you know, he's a really strange guy, you know. We went out on the field again and uh, he wasn't there. Um, and then a little over time, he, he stopped coming to class. They noticed he was gone. You know, these are kids, right? So this is kind of like a big deal to them. So they, they were asking around, where is he? What happened to him? And it turns out that he got really sick and he was at home. And then a week go by and we haven't heard from him. So we, we found out later that uh, he's at home and he was sick. So we, we, we went to visit him, you know, uh, went to his house. He was lying in bed and uh, there was like a, uh, like a, we, we call him a medicine doctor, you know. That it was such a concern that his, his family called kind of a medium or like a, a, a witch doctor kind of thing because it was a strange way that he was sick. He was speaking in different voices and and he was acting erratic. Um, basically what you would identify as kind of possession behavior. Yeah, we tried to say hi to our, our classmate, but he, 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 was, he keeps talking gibberish and we didn't understand what he was talking about. But the, the medicine doctor, was uh, performing some kind of ritual, you know, saying a prayer, and uh, and he asked us, like, you know, if he could, you know, hold him down. He was telling me that the witch doctor, the medium, took a piece of paper um, with water on it and put it on the kid's forehead. First, he put water on it, like, and then started saying some prayer or whatever, and uh, sticking the sticking the my classmate's forehead, and it made the shape of two figures, which which ultimately meant that there were two entities inside the kid. You know, and we look at one another and what, you know, what the hell's going on? So, okay, we kind of like, there was like probably six of us trying to hold him down and he starts cursing and, uh, you know, screaming. It wasn't his voice, like a different voice came out. Just imagine a kid on the bed and, and him and a bunch of his friends. He said there were about five or six of them. And the witch doctor said, hold him down because he started to get erratic after identifying these two ed- entities in his body. So five, six kids and this witch doctor are holding him down. <clears throat> and then, you know, uh, you know, the medicine doctor was trying to say some kind of like, I think a prayer, you know. So we're all looking at one another and go, Jesus, you know. 
and all of a sudden our classmate kind of like you know he 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 got up and everybody like he was so strong i mean he threw us all out like this boy was so strong that he lifted everyone up at the same time and they all fell back we went all we all went flying and said oh omg what's going on here you know and they all freaked out and just ran out of the house then the medicine doctor starts screaming get away from him you know sort of an exorcist you know at the time i didn't understand what exorcism was uh so we all ran outside we were so scared and uh you know I waited for the medicine doctor and, and my, our classmate kind of calmed down and uh, the doctor was screaming at him and the, you know so we all kind of left right he couldn't believe that this kid lifted everyone up cuz you know Im- just imagine you know there's, there's someone holding both legs there's someone holding his arms there's you know and and even though they're all kids you're still you know when you're a kid you're you're just as strong as the other kid you you can you can hold them down especially five people holding someone down and he lifted everyone up after this event this exorcism richie's dad arrived at school one morning to find that his classmate, the one that had suffered the possession, had returned. And one day in school, we saw our classmate, you know, he looks like he's all fine now, you know. And we were sitting in a canteen, you know, having lunch. And we saw him uh, somewhere out on the field talking to somebody. So we came over and asked him, I said, Hey, dude, who are you talking to, man? Well, you know, you can't see him. You know, he goes, he's right in front of me. I said, well, no, we don't see nobody, you know. And what's he saying? What are you guys talking about? I said, well, he wants me to follow him, you know. You know, he wants me to come with him. And I said, we kind of look at one another and hmm wondering what the hell's going on. Richie's father had decided that this situation was a little bit more than what he could handle. Two days later, like, uh, you know, we found out he was dead. Not, not, not too long after they found out that the, the kid had, had passed away. Um, he just, whatever was going on with him, whatever, whatever had possessed him had, had, um, ultimately taken over. And then we went to his house and asked what happened. And, you know, apparently he kept saying that I gotta go with this guy. I gotta go with this, you know, little guy. And so he did, he did go with him. And I guess that's when he... You know, he passed away. This kid had an encounter with the duende and kind of thought, you know, to befriend them and and thought they were, 
you know, on his side. But as 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 you can imagine, they were basically, you know, taking him as as a as a you know as a possession. That was like really weird for all of us, and yeah, we we. I will never forget that, you know, that kind of experience. I mean, you know, I never believed in that stuff until now about, now that I'm older now, that uh, understand what exorcism is and, you know, possess, you know, people getting possessed by it. That's uh, one of my, my weird experience when I was uh, a young lad. And uh, again, my dad would tell me this story as if, you know, that's fact. That's what it is, you know. <laughs> In the end, I don't know what to believe. I believe there are things out there that our human minds don't fully understand. Like, you know, God, angels ghosts, aliens, Elon Musk. And because we're human, we just have to think we know everything, and we try so hard to fill in the blanks, but in the end, we'll never really know for sure what the truth is or how to fully explain things. But the experiences are real. You can try to science your way out of it, but in the end, the experiences are very real to these people, and you just can't argue with that. I don't want to blame everything on paranormal, you know, the paranormal or something supernatural because I want to have authentic experiences. So I want to know that that this stuff is real because I believe this stuff is real and there's there's a whole other plane of existence that that's not as tangible as the reality we know. Just as they say the Earth is like a grain of sand in the grand scheme of the cosmos, and that somewhere in space, intelligent alien life, which we may or may not have encountered yet, exists. I believe that this physical plane we reside in is one of many levels of existence, and that no matter where you are in the world, these planes intersect. But in some places and instances, as a result of collective belief systems, stagnant, hostile, or good quality energy, unfinished business, one's openness or receptivity to what lays beyond, and many other factors. The doorway to these other realms may be a tad bit more open than others. And from this perspective, the Philippines is definitely one big portal or doorway. Special thanks goes to Richie and his dad, Bianca and Bridget, for contributing to this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It would mean a lot to us. Geist is written and directed by Danielle Matar. Original score and sounds by Bo Jensen. Geist logo is designed by Jake Carruthers. Geist artwork is by Danielle Matar. Story submissions can be sent to hello.geist.podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Geist 
underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, sleep tight.